Welcome to The Change Jar. I'm Ashley Tate, joined by Siri Kassin, and we're inviting you to have conversations with us where through a series of interviews and storytelling, we aim to create agency, inspire future generations, and empower Black, Indigenous, people of color to be changemakers. My name is Esosa Osagade, and yes, I'm from the U.S. I am a registered dietitian and a health promotion specialist. Right now, I'm currently working in health insurance as in the disease management part of the insurance company. And what we do is just work one-on-one with individuals trying to prevent disease, but also managing disease, hence disease management. Um, in that position, I would also work with different companies to create uh, wellness programs or incentive campaigns. Some creating newsletters, email campaigns, awareness campaigns, uh, just to get people more involved in their health. On the flip side, on the, what I do in my free time, well, one of the things that I do in my free time, uh, I have my social media is called Melanin Poppin RDN. Uh, I wanted to obviously attract people of melanated skin, and obviously I'm a RDN, so melanin popping RDN. Uh, and on that Instagram, I hope to you know show new food and nutrition through a black lens. I love to give like little history tidbits, uh, talk about health in the perspective of a black woman or a black person, or even a person of color that can even relate. I just like I do want my place, a platform to be where people come for reliable information, but also digestible information where it's not just, you know, stuff all over the place. I want people to be able to have a good relationship with food. So I'm trying to basically just create food freedom for a person of color, specifically a black woman. So uh, that's what my goal was for that platform. I think that's that's it. I don't. <laughs> I like how you're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. As if that wasn't a lot. Like, yeah. you're doing some really big things. Um, and I really, really appreciate you, one, sharing that and then taking the time to, to talk to us while you have so much going on, too, that you're working on and you're rallying behind. Um, so our first question of the evening, I'll go ahead and get it started, is how are you doing as a woman of color within the professional spaces that you're occupying right now? I'm overall doing pretty well. I'm pretty new in my position. I've been here in my full-time position as a racial dietitian. Yeah, I think it's like been like five months, so it's like crazy to even say it out loud. But I'm still pretty new. Um, I'm liking it, but however, as like a black woman, I go into work like with a guard up naturally because we just hear so many stories, have so many experiences about how I really can't really you know, be my authentic self. So I'm I'm aware that women get paid less. I'm aware that a black woman gets paid less. So I'm always trying to prove my worth of being in a certain position, prove that I um, deserve like this this raise I'm gonna ask for. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I mean, I'm liking it, but sometimes I know there's like that unconscious thing I'm doing 
with trying to still put keep up a certain image that's palatable for others. And that's so true for so many individuals that have that in the back of their mind. They have to maintain this this image. They have this to prove themselves and all of these other things. And I think it really hits and leads into kind of the next question, a follow-up question I would say is thinking more about, you know, some of these double standards. What are some of those moments, in addition to the ones you've mentioned here previously, that have really made a lasting impression? So so I know you all wanted to um, specifically talk about inequalities, I guess, between uh, men and women, but I do want to point out, being in my profession, even when I was in pre- preparing for this interview, I was just thinking, like, I have actually never worked in a setting with men. Like, I, there has been, like, a couple of men, but a couple of men, <laughs> a couple of men around, but um, they're usually not my primary like people I'm like always talking to and even in dietetics is a 90 plus 90% plus women. Um, but however, being a black woman in that field, there's only uh, 3% black people in nutrition. So there are definitely some, some double standards. Like for example, if I'm passionate about something, it might come off like, Oh my gosh, she's being kind of direct. Uh, she's being a little up there, you know, a little, maybe a little too, um, ambitious maybe uh, but if uh, you know, a white woman was to be concerned with like a specific issue like wants to take the lead she's like oh she got initiative and I'm just like oh but I thought what I was doing was initiative but instead it was um, doing too much um, or I can definitely remember a certain time um, Kind of being in a class, this is a classroom, not necessarily the workplace, but it's people that would be my colleagues one day. You know, we were talking about, you know, how will we get people in a certain neighborhood that don't have really good outcomes with, you know, eating vegetables, eating fruit. And the education was, well, we need to just educate them on the importance of eating fruit and vegetables. You know, my comment was, well, Let's figure out what their environment looks like. They probably don't have a grocery store around them. I mean, it's like they got expressions like, who doesn't have a grocery store around them? But then when somebody else maybe had brought it up in a different scenario that's similar to mine, it was more like, a that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, it was just always like a, like I have to prove something and come with the facts with it too. I can't just say something and not have facts. But you know, Becky might come with the same thing, but she don't need facts. So it's just something that um that I seem like I have to deal with a little more often than not. But that's the that's what I mean by like the double standards. Kind of yeah. moving that background. Yeah, that is awesome. I think you bring up some really great points of having a profession that is predominantly women and recognizing that as a black woman, you represent a very, very small percentage of that entire population. The, soul, the disparities, the health disparities that women, black women and women of color face, they aren't being represented in the individuals who are in the position to provide that advice and to provide those support. I think there's some really great points there. I wanted to ask, in a profession where it's predominantly women, mm-hmm. do you see that when men are applying or men are in positions that you all are competing for, do you or have you experienced any disparities there where a male may be making more 
money for a same position, or they maybe recruit a little bit harder just because the profession is so female oriented? That's a good question. I necessarily haven't seen that firsthand. I do know like when it's like when black women in dietetics is like, whoa, okay, that's that's new. That's everybody's kind of like shook, like, oh, you're the dietitian. But we see a like even like a black man, it's like, oh, he's a unicorn, unicorn. Like we want him. Um, so I definitely actually I've seen that in internship pickings, like, oh, you know, they want to diversify their those pictures that they take of everybody. They want to look like that they are um, including people uh, who are male and even a black male or just male, period. So that, I will say that could be happening, but jobs-wise, I have not had to, feel like I had to compete with a man who might be a dietitian, um, but I know a, a guy was in my p- position before he left. Like, I know he, there was a man there. I don't think he was a dietitian. I don't know. He let me. He left. I slipped in. So we'll see. And I, and I kind of. This is a little bit off. I almost lowballed myself for that position. But the guy recruiting me, who was a black man, um, actually gave me some words of advice. Um, because I mean, he probably knew what the other guy who left was getting paid, and was like, "I'm not gonna let you lowball yourself like this." I I don't know. I I don't know about your question specifically, but. I do know that, you know, it is, I'm pretty sure it is something that we see on a daily basis that a man might be in a position, but he's just there for aesthetics, not necessarily for, you know, the knowledge or the drive he's going to give. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing it. So I know you mentioned that the place you're working in, it is female dominated. And I understand that there are a lot of other, a ton actually of other biases that come with that. So I want to know when we're talking about gender inequality and your level of comfort talking about in the workplace, is that, what, what does that feel like? Because you work with more women, but because there are different biases, right. do you still feel comfortable talking about gender inequality or does it even feel like a foreign or different conversation or do you feel like that's a a place where you can all find kind of a unifying conversation behind? I don't think you'll ever be comfortable. Um, you know, I still get the butterflies in my stomach or the knot at the end of my throat before I even speak. But I am, I'll say I am comfortable with being uncomfortable at this point in my life. I know I'm also aware, like, the importance of me advocating for my peace my my coin my money and uh, you know existing as a person and a professional i just do it you know um it, i know something needs to be said and then also being a black woman i gotta come with the facts too i can't just say how i feel because unfortunately how you feel as a black woman is not enough so um i have to say how i feel show the proof show the statistics to prove my point so, but I do, I, I will say I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable in that situ- that type of situation, talking about bias or talking about privilege or talking about gender inequality. And how important is it for you to be able to feel comfortable talking about these issues that you know a lot of people typically don't feel comfortable talking about? I mean, it's so important because I, I have a goal for myself professionally and sometimes I can't break these ceilings or break where people have never been unless you put yourself out there, unless you are 
comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I just know it's super important in that realm. Like even just in school where I, you know, picked up certain leadership positions. Grad school was, I just took off. Undergrad, I was more kind of trying to play it safe. I wasn't trying to like make a ruckus and trying to just kind of blend in. But I knew, I mean, I wrote down like what I want to achieve. I'm like, this passive mentality is not going to get me to where I want to be. So um, it's super important if I'm trying to grow, you know, professionally and just mentally, emotionally, all that good stuff for growth purposes, I should say. It's important. So so you shared a little bit about this experience that you had in the classroom with other peers who were, you know, shocked and taken aback by this this food this food gap that it could exist for these individuals in the communities they live in. When you're when you're thinking about gender inequality and and more specifically so, you know, what black dietitians, black women dietitians are facing, what role do you feel that your colleagues have in addressing those inequalities? So thinking about the most ideal scenario, how would you like them to address it and really support those disparities to support those things that are being faced? Uh, of course, because I, again, there are males in our field. I think it, I really think it's up to them definitely to, av- I mean, even though we are the majority as a man, I want to say unfortunately, but you are held at a higher standard in a certain, on certain, um, certain platforms. So your voice, if they're hearing a man is like really standing up for the women, people are going to listen and that's just my opinion. Just and then even even like a maybe a white dietitian advocating the ninety percent of the white dietitians um, advocating for uh, you know women of color in the field or black women, they just have to really speak up. Um, I always tell a lot of my friends that are white that come to me or colleagues that come to me because I'm pretty open. If they want me to read over something or try to get their opinion. I would definitely listen, but I also let them know you want to make sure you're doing your own research. You want to make sure you're reading history. But um, I think it's just really important for you to, you know, do your own research, grab, you know, really try to make relationships with people of color or black dietitians, and not just have them as like a prop. Like, okay, hey, I, I talked to I talked to one of them. No, that's not how it works. If you really want to advocate for them. I think it's important for you to be uncomfortable because as a black woman, I'm uncomfortable 24-7. You know, it's, it's really up to you to be uncomfortable with those conversations and to speak up because we're uncomfortable all the time. That's why I tell people, um, people like, oh, I don't know how to, how to say it. I tell them, how do you think I have to say it? Like, I don't want to have to be like, I deserve this. Like, doesn't that sound crazy? Like, I mean, I sound super privileged, but I'm not because I do deserve it. Just like you deserve it because you don't have to ask for it. You know, just kind of speaking of would be my my big thing. You don't have to be PR correct kind of thing because, you know, if you do mess up, that's great because somebody's going to tell you how it is and you're never going to do it again. That's how you learn. I love your mention of or just the reminder of like, how do you think I have to say it? You know, so many people want to think about, well, I don't know what to say or I don't know how to bring it up. And it's just like, well, this is my everyday life. You think I want to bring this stuff? I think I want to have these conversations? No, but I have to out of survival. Yeah. This is something I have to do on a daily basis. So how do you think I bring it up? So listening to how you ideally would like these conversations handled or how you do handle a lot of these conversations, 
if we start thinking systemically about the system of which you work in as a whole, what do you right. think needs to be in place? What steps do you think need to be taken to address inequality within the system itself? Oh my gosh. We all know women are, I don't even know the statistic off the top of my head, but it's like a two thirds of the man's dollar. So as the organization that I'm under, Dietetics, there's the whole, um, the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, they know this. So I just feel like there should be more, more initiatives to let women know, because we're full of women, you should let us know how we should be advocating for ourselves in the workplace. Because maybe we're not all working with women like me. Maybe there are some dietitians that are working, you know, with men way more than women. So I think it's really up to them to help us advocate for how much we should be being paid, advocate how we should, or just like help us come up with a dialogue to navigate those certain situations or conversations. And that will kind of help the system, in my, in my opinion, uh, because pay is just a huge thing. I mean, even in this pandemic, a lot of people are saying women are the ones who lost their jobs. Women are the ones who had to go back home. Women take a lot of the, the mess, for sure. And then even being a black woman on top of that, it's like, now i got to dodge bullets and dodge corona. Like, it's definitely hard. But I think, I think for specifically for my profession, I think it starts at the top with the people who certify us to be dietitians to help us navigate conversations when it comes to inequality. Because we can't compare necessarily what a man made uh, engineer, like a woman engineer. She knows because there's probably a whole bunch of men around her so she can easily kind of see uh, what, how much she should be making or how much she's not making. But for me, I have to kind of go outside of my profession, look up something that's similar to what I'm doing, and then try to bring it back in. Like it's, it's a lot more work than picking my profession because we're all women. So, and then even my profession was even made for middle class white women who don't necessarily need the income because her man was there to, but, um, to like front all the bills. But for me, I'm a black woman and I live alone. I have to run my own bills. So now I have to make sure that um, that maybe you didn't need it as much, but I need to need it. So I need to make sure I'm making, I'm advocating for my own salary, um, compare myself to what I'm doing, like actually looking at my job description, not just like, okay, I'm a dietitian. I'm getting dietitian pay. I'm not really concerned. Maybe I'm doing what my peer, the girl lady next to me is doing, but it's, it's a lot. It's, I know that was a lot around your question, but I just feel like it takes a lot more effort on my part as a Black woman to make sure I'm well compensated and heard. Yeah, and that's not, I mean, when we start thinking about systemic level issues, it's not an easy question to address or answer or tackle, you know. But no, I, I, I thought that was perfectly said. And it's also really exhausting, right? As you mentioned before, having to have all the right things to say, having to have all the facts and find all of the data that you need in order to present it. And then on top of that, having to prove worth, right? Like you have your, your degrees, you have your, your licenses and your designations, and you're still having to have these conversations. My next question for you is knowing the platform and knowing the disparities and, and what you are seeking in, in your field and, and for black women in your field, what yeah. word of advice for these other women in the workplace who may be strugg struggling with gender inequality do you have for them? 
I would say, um, especially another, you know, a black dietitian trying to come up because there was very few of us. I definitely found myself with a lot of white faces around me. But um, if possible, in the in the age of Instagram where you can easily reach out to people, I would definitely one reach out, try to build a relationship, and act and start talking about money. You can't just make this such a taboo topic anymore. If you're really trying to get compensated you know, equally like a man, have to talk about it, is my opinion. Um, it would be my advice. First of all, build the relationship first before you jump in somebody's DM and say how much you make. But um, I would say, yeah, definitely build relationships with somebody who looks like you or identifies like you or you just feel like you have a really, uh, could really connect to their path that they took. Um, you know, do your own research, definitely, not just what do other dietitians make, but really look up your 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 um your task, what you need to do in your job because uh I'm not I didn't just look up dietitian because I know what it says about a dietitian and it's not the best. So uh I'm gonna look what other people are making and looking at the actual things they have to do, not just the title, because as a dietitian in this position a lot of people wouldn't imagine that I'm talking to brokers or I'm talking to uh, clients of big companies. They wouldn't think a dietitian would do that, but that's what I'm doing. So um, I couldn't just look at what a dietitian gets paid. So definitely look outside of the dietitian um, title. Um, talk about pay with somebody you're comfortable with. Get to know somebody before doing that um, would be my two main two main things for you to do it personally, like what's in your control. Of course, higher up, that's a whole different story. I know we've asked you a lot of questions tonight. Out of everything that we asked you, is there anything else that we either didn't touch upon that either you want to share about, or if you have any questions for Sarika or myself, we would, we would love to hear anything and everything. This is like a, a little bit on topic, a little bit off, but with the academy, they're about to make, they're trying, well, I think this in, it's in the motion though, but they're trying to make, or they will make a master's required for dietitians, you know, in 2022 or 2023, something like that. So you have to have a master's to become a dietitian. And then, you know, I think their goal in doing that is to put credibility behind us for increased pay, but what they're doing really is decreasing that 3% of black people to 2%, to 1.5%, because it's very difficult as a black person to, first of all, go to school. I'm pulling out loans, okay? My family don't have money in the bank to take me to school. I mean, they're just making it even harder, but they think they're making us competitive when it comes to pay with our account, our male counterparts in different positions and stuff, but I don't think that was the way to go. They're not helping diversity. So, so I know at the beginning you shouted out a little bit about your Instagram and things that you're doing personally. Is there anything else that you would like to shout out or speak more deeply on? Uh, yeah. So yeah, Melanin Poppin, RDN. That's my uh, handle on Instagram. I am working on an ebook right now. Um, that I plan on dropping in November and along with a uh, nutrition workshop group class. It is tailored for women, the barriers, the content it, it is tailored for women of color. 
Um, but it is open to men if they are okay with joining and they're secure with themselves um, or not trying to come for a woman. Okay, stay out. But um, it is, I'm just going to have about six people and I want it to be intimate, something that people could really like break down barriers. Because when it comes to nutrition, it's not just all about what you eat. It's also what you're thinking. So that is something I'm working on. My ebook and the workshop just come out next month. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Zosta. So we are actually at the end. So I'll take this moment to just thank you. Ashley and I would like to thank you for coming on, sharing your thoughts and your experiences and agreeing to be so candid and open with us. One of the things you just mentioned was about the intimacy, the audience. And those were things that were really important to Ashley and I as we went about this platform of how do we get these stories and we make sure we share it exactly like it is and these podcasts right. help us do that and about the audience in the professional settings that we're in we participate in conversations or we see conversations happening we recognize that most of the times these pieces of information aren't for us and we wanted to make our content for us by us and it was really important that we got that right so we wanted to thank you again for coming tonight and sharing that and if you can just give us a brief Outro. Got you. Um, vote. Stay hydrated. Not just wine. Drink your wine too, but stay hydrated. Stay in your business and uh, definitely vote. But y'all have a great night. That's all we have for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. To hear more about this topic, visit our website where you can find all of our latest podcasts and more. Thanks for listening to The Change Shark where we are more than just a penny for your thoughts.